Countless Screaming Argonauts. I'm TFAB P. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm TFAB P. <laughs> That's right. Uh, today is November 18th. It's a Friday. I am Max, the Beer Max, and uh, this is Countless Screaming Argonauts. And on the line with me from an hotel room somewheres in the great wide south is the Fabulous Penguin. I am in a hotel room in Biloxi, Mississippi. Very, very interesting little town. Six or eight resort slash casinos, including the Hard Rock Casino. Um, A bunch of really, really good seafood restaurants, which Mrs. Fab P and I frequented tonight. Yeah, we only went to one. (laughs) I caught it. But it was worth it. Well, listen, Max, I have to tell you this. I've been on the road now for seven days. Yeah. I don't get any newspapers. I don't get a chance to to look at or read the news. So I'm depending on you tonight to fill me in on just the important things that are happening the last week or so. All right. I can do that. Okay. In Major League Baseball, Justin Verlander won the Cy Young Award. I know you're surprised at that. No, I I saw that uh, Kershaw won the National League. Football news, the Jets played the... Broncos last night, and the Tim Tebow miracle continues. You know, I had heard that there was something that happened, but I didn't know what he did. But did it include, like, a long run for a touchdown? A long drive finished with a run for a touchdown. What they've done is they've changed their offense entirely, made it a college-style offense. Right. And all of the analysts, and I'm telling you all of the analysts, in particular uh, Steve Young, said, this is a bad idea, it's working now, but the NFL defenses are too fast, and sooner or later they're going to stop him from running, and he simply can't throw, which last week he threw a touchdown pass to win the game, so I don't know. But his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was right there on his shoulder. and Well, uh, well, that's good for that. So Is that two losses in a row for the Jets? uh, I think it is, yeah. They're 5-5, and and Broncos are 5-5. and Yeah, Jets pretty much suck, huh? Well, they don't have Tim Tebow. Right, I guess not. Well, I did have one thing I wanted to ask you about. Sure. I heard on the news this morning something about one of Jim Beheim's assistant coaches. I caught the end of a story about that on Mike and Mike as well. Being accused of sexual uh, impropriety with a, but I didn't. It didn't say with who or a player, I believe. Another player said, yeah, he touched me too, something about his leg, but he wasn't sure that it, it, it was that big a deal. Right. Um, so it's all in the in the wake of uh, Joe Paterno, which is another thing that I <laughs> see. It's right. been a while since we've done a show, and I forget where we are. Right. Yes, uh, Joe Paterno has been let go, all of the senior management of the uh, University of at Penn State and State College has been let go, and there is this tremendous story about uh, sexual impropriety and this guy named Sandusky and the guy named McQuarrie who caught him and is now correctly or didn't report it to the right people or right as of yesterday he was claiming that he reported it to the police, both the state police and the state college police. And the the college police are saying, excuse me, that he did not, in fact, do that. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I also saw that Sandusky, Kel Surprise, uh, pleaded innocent. Well, yeah, I, I, that was a very interesting event. Um, not just his plead, but he was his lawyer was on the television with Bob Costas. Okay, uh-huh. and Sandusky calls in. And and I learned this from The Daily Show because it's the best news on television. They played a clip of Bob Kosky, Bob Costas, sorry, asking Sandusky via telephone on TV. Okay, right? Are you sexually attracted to young boys? And Sandusky goes, "Am I sexually attracted to young boys?" And he kind of hemmed and hawed and. And fidgeted and finally said no. But then John Stewart goes, that's not a difficult question. The answer is no. <laughs> and then he's like, where's your lawyer? Who, who's letting you talk on television about this case? Are you right. kidding me? And then he goes, oh, there he is. And then he went on to say that Sandusky's lawyer – got a girl pregnant when she was under the age of 18 and he's uh-huh. 49. Oh, nice. And that happened like last year or the year before. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so Bob Costas asked the lawyer, is Sandusky a pedophile? And the lawyer said, no, no way. I know him. He's a good guy. Right. It's just all very surreal. The whole thing is, is very, very strange. But I, I did notice that Jim Behan got right out in front of the Syracuse one. I didn't see his reaction. Oh, he was like he, he couldn't get to the microphone fast enough to uh, to uh, say that he wanted a full investigation and and uh, um, you know that he was uh, not going to stand in the way of any uh, any investigation that was going to take place. Right, and, so, and in this case, I think uh, Beheim probably comes out smelling a lot better than Joe Paterno because Sandusky had the keys. Sandusky was asked to not be a coach anymore. Right. He had the keys to the facilities. He created a charity excuse that me. looked at or helped young boys. Right. Uh, by bringing them on campus and showing them the Penn State facilities for years after he had been accused of being a pedophile. Right. And much as I like Joe Paterno, and I do, I probably have said so to you, uh, the question is, how can you allow this to go on? Right. And Joe Paterno uh, has engaged a defense attorney, but he claims that he uh, answered. He gave this information to his superior, which is the vice president of the university, who is also the head of the campus police. Right. And, and while the law says that you have to notify the police or child protective uh paternal's probably covered that way well i think personally i think the paternal smells like about eight day old fish on this one yeah much as i want to defend him i can't yeah but that got a lot of conversation at work people people are just just all up in arms about this and 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 basically the, the reaction is the same as yours and mine Right. You know, uh, obviously nobody's defending Sandusky. Everybody's assuming he's guilty. And 
nobody's defending Joe Paterno or the university either. So yeah, that was a that was a huge story for this week. Right, uh, so that's, a, that's a rundown on sports. What do we got politics wise? Well, boy, do we have politics? Oh, do we? Okay. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, where to start? I think probably I want to start with Herman Cain. Uh-huh. He uh, was interviewed earlier this week by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And caught in some kind of lie or something? Well, yeah, I called it a lie. He, there's a, it, it's on video. Uh-huh. They asked him, what does he think about Libya? I believe that's an exact question. Very close, anyway. Open-ended question about Libya. You know, tell us about your thoughts on Libya. Right. And and he he leans forward in his chair. He's clearly uh, struggling to remember about Libya. He moves his water bottle. He's he's uh, licking his lips. He's looking up in the sky, and he says, "Libya, that's Gaddafi, right?" <laughs> and then he sits back in his chair, and he says, "Well, I think." And then he holds up his hand and he waves it and he goes, no, no, that's the other one. And then he goes, Libya. And, it, and this goes on for like a minute. Right. And, and uh, finally he says, I would have done things differently. Yeah, that was a question. How would, what do you think about the way Obama handled Libya? And he says, I would have done it differently. Well, perhaps the first thing he should have done differently was know what he was talking about. Exactly. I, I, <laughs> he's just making shit up at that point. Right. And and he clearly uh, comes off as, as incapable of being the president of the United States. Well, I was going to say, this is a man that people want to be the leader of the free world? It's frightening. Now, I've seen a poll this morning that has him at 23% still. Uh-huh. I've seen a couple other polls that have him down... 15, 13% dropping. Uh, hopefully, whoever votes in Republican primaries will look at this guy and say, oh my God, we're in deep, deep danger if this totally unqualified man were to be president. Right, right. Um, and the guy who's, who's made up the difference has been Newt Gingrich. Uh-huh. And Newt, uh, in some polls, is right there with uh, Mitt Romney. Wow. Now, on on Morning Joe this morning, uh, Carl Bernstein was there, and he's calling Newt a serial hypocrite. Okay. The news has come out that it's, it's just flooding out about Gingrich. Sure. He worked for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Mm-hmm. So now that they're showing on TV these clips from two years ago when Newt is saying how corrupt Obama's friend Johnson is because he worked for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And they ought to get rid of Barney Frank because he worked for with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And they ought right. to throw Chris Dodd in jail because he worked for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and got a, a, a mortgage from right. Countrywide. <laughs> And meanwhile, he's working with uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac himself. Right. But that's not enough. <laughs> Newt, Newt apparently has created an agency to consult on 
health care laws. Oh, by the way, Newt was getting $30,000 a month from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac right up until, I believe it was, Obama took over. Uh-huh. Okay. Now comes the big news. His group, the Gingrich Group, or whatever it's called, has made $200 million from consulting on health care laws and actually consulting in the direction of trying to get everybody covered. So not only is he – well, not only is he lobbying, but he's lobbying towards an Obama-type position. Uh But he says – he comes out and categorically denies he's ever done any lobbying. So he is a serial hypocrite, basically. He's a serial hypocrite. You know, and we're not even, we haven't even gotten to sexual innuendos yet. So. I didn't know there was some sexual innuendos. Well, it's just the, not innuendos, that's not the right word, peccadillos. He, he was running the impeachment of Clinton. Oh, right. Oh, sure. No, that I knew. Right. Right. And then so, he, then he divorced his, or tried to divorce his wife while he was already having that affair. Right. Yeah. And, and running an impeachment for for lying about a sexual affair. Right. I mean the the whole thing is just. It, it's just <laughs> bizarre, Max. It's it's gall beyond words. Yeah. And and he sits there to today and says with a straight face, "I never did any lobbying." Uh huh. So. <laughs> have at it. What's your opinion of Newt? I haven't liked him from the very beginning. I mean, this is the man who was uh, who held up that T-shirt in the beginning of the campaign and said, this is what's going to save America. Good old American jobs making American products until somebody told him that the shirt was made in Taiwan. That's right. You know, so I mean, you know, he's, he's got a wife with, with uh, two different checking accounts with the uh, with the uh, the jewel the jewel right right he had a half a million dollar line of credit with right with you know is this the man you want running the country I I don't think so no but you know Mitt Romney belongs to a cult right and he's not a Christian right and um Michelle Bachman's batshit insane right has she sort of dropped out of contention because I haven't heard her name mentioned once. Uh, no, but there have been calls for her to, to drop out that she's uh-huh. already done stick a fork in her. In fact, right. somewhere, I think it might have been on John Stewart's show again, I saw a clip last night of, of all of the experts saying, this guy's done, that woman's done, this one's done, that one's done, for everybody, including Newt Gingrich. You remember the guy in the airport who shook Gingrich's hand and said, you really ought to get out of the race, you're an embarrassment. Yes, and that was the beginning of his. And that's right. right. And of right. course, as soon as he as soon as he filed his papers to run for president, he went off to Greece to take a vacation. Right. The absurdity is just immense. <laughs> immense, and and it, it frightens me because you know that forty percent of the country is going to vote Republican no matter what. Right. Doesn't matter who, who it could be. It could be a pig in a dress running. <laughs> that's right, and. They have John Huntsman, who by all accounts is intelligent and capable. They've got Buddy Romer. They've got Gary Johnson, 
who can't even get into the debates. Right. And and we get Harmon. And they're Kane. dicking around with they're dicking around with Gingrich and Bachman and Kane. And the reason is Republicans hate Mitt Romney. What else could it be? Right. And he's he, he's practically he may be the only one who could possibly beat Obama. He's the only one that shows up ahead in the in the head to heads. Right. Which you know, it seems like it's a long ways away, but it's not. Right. We're we're headed towards the last week of November. First week of January is the first binding primary vote. Right. So you know, uh they want somebody that they haven't seen yet. <laughs> Who might that be, Max? Well, I think it's it's Chris Christie, really. Except that he said he's not going to run. He's he's been adamant about that. It it doesn't matter. That's who they want. And, and I know. And there are people who say that physically he could not do it. Oh, I don't know about that. I think he could. Yeah. I've, I've read several articles that said that. He, he's a large man, but um, so was William Howard Taft, and somehow he managed to to make it through his his duties. Of course, it's it's probably more rigorous job now. Um, you think? <laughs> yeah. Your you had an idea about a third party candidate, and and I've heard that speculated on more frequently lately as well. Ron Paul in particular. Right. Right. But today again on Morning Joe, Joe wasn't there. Somebody said Joe Scarborough, you know, would be a a palatable, potentially possible third party candidate. Yeah. I you know, I I, I I'm not a I'm not a big Ron Paul fan. Yeah. But I think that a lot of his ideas would rub both parties the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. And and I and I think that because of that, I think that he would do. Well, what was that? What was the little short guy? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, with the ears, the giant sure. sucking sound. Ross Perot. Thank you very much, Mrs. Fab P. Mrs. Fab P. With the with the uh, question, with the answer. I mean, you know, he, what he did. You know, he took what six or seven percent of the vote, but it was pretty even. A little bit from the Democrat, a little bit from the Republican. Right. Oh, as yeah. opposed to as opposed to when uh, Ralph Nader ran, where he took all the necessary votes to get Al Gore elected, right from Al Gore. I don't I don't think that he's a, a a viable enough candidate. Well, I have problems with him first because he's a scientist who doesn't believe in evolution, and secondly, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, he's. Uh, his desire is to take America back to the gold standard. And according to Planet Money, the single greatest reason that we got out of the Depression was we went off the gold standard. And it makes perfect sense to me. If you've got X amount of gold backing up your currency, then your economy is size X. Right. And as soon as you go off the gold standard, your economy is X plus whatever else you can make up. Some people say that's a house of cards. At least it allows it to expand. Right. And the gold standard, uh, right or wrong, well, wrong is wrong. And you can't go back there. 
We don't we don't have enough gold to expand the economy anywhere near the amount of money to match the amount of money that there is, and uh, right. you know it would it would kill the world economy. So on, in that case, I believe he's batshit insane. I was listening to a little NPR. Uh, I think it was this morning. It might have been yesterday morning, and there was a uh, there was a German economist on who was talking about how Germany may get off of the euro. Wow. Yeah, he was saying that uh, that there are people who are making a strong argument for getting it off the euro. Well, I really, really doubt that that'll happen. Again, I've been listening to Planet Money's, and uh, they they did a show about Germany, and they said, "What's the most important economic principle to Germans?" And the the answer was resoundingly, "We must fight inflation." Uh, and it's in the, the Euro Treaty. You can't have the governments uh, printing money to, to make things better, which they are now doing and which Germany has signed off on. So the next question was, right, right. why would Germany go against their first principle? Mm. And the answer came well, back, we're really, really sorry for the last hundred years. Uh-huh. Germany is is – way out in front on wanting the European Union and the Euro because they believe that it enforces the peace and unity, therefore it helps them sort of make amends for two world wars. Right. Well, this guy didn't mention any of that. What he did talk about was the fact that Germany is the most successful successful exporter of all of the other nations that are involved with the Euro. The, right. the European, uh, I don't know what, what it's called, the consortium, whatever that's called. They call it the European Union. They call it the Eurozone. Right. Okay. And that that the Euro's performance is negatively impacting their their trade results because it keeps dropping. I have a friend who went over to Portugal, and she bought her Euros at the last minute and saved – you know, 11 right. cents or 12 cents on the dollar Part by waiting until now as opposed to when she normally – she normally used to get them six months or four months in advance. Yeah. And she waited till the last minute, and it, it dropped like 13, 14, 15 cents uh, in the last month. Right. Well, and they did a, a Planet Money on Greece, and basically Greece owes something like 120 percent of their gross national product in debt. And maybe it might be 140, I don't know. And the, all the experts agree Greece will fail. Right. So Greece put it to a vote recently. Well, they talked about putting it to a vote to get out of the European Union. And instead, they got rid of their president, Papandreou. And they're still in there. And all the countries in the European Union have to prove unanimously uh, a bailout, which I don't know how it, how you can have it in the treaty that you can't bail people out and and still bail them out. But they all did apparently. Uh, Slovakia, I believe, was the last one that had to vote in favor. So they're putting up this money, and the interesting thing about Europe putting up this money to save the euro is they don't want to put all the money in that that it will take to save the euro into this fund to save the euro. So what they're talking about right. is is putting in insurances 
on other countries' debts. And a credit default swap is an insurance on somebody else's debt. So it sounds to me like they're headed toward the same kind of bullshit that got us in trouble. Right. That could be. Could be. Hey, uh, so did anything else happen recently that I missed that I should know about? You got something in mind? No, I was just wondering. On the, on the road like we are, it's very, very hard to stay connected with what's going on. You know, I have a, a cell phone. I can check my email and Twitter, but I, I don't get news on it. And, uh, you know, sometimes at night we, we have Internet in the room. Right. But <clears throat> by the end of the day, <clears throat> when I've already driven, yeah. the last thing I want to do is read about Newt Gingrich. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not right there on the top of your list. No, it's yeah. not. Well, I am anticipating being in Las Cruces, New Mexico on Wednesday. Wow. That would be uh, one, two, three, four, five days from today. Right. We'll be in, uh, we'll be in New Orleans tomorrow. We'll be in uh, Houston on Monday, or uh, Sunday, uh, San Antonio on Tuesday, and uh, Carlsbad Tuesday, and Las Cruces on Wednesday. But it's got to so, be an exciting adventure. It is. We are certainly enjoying it. We stopped in Savannah, Georgia, and I would highly recommend that to anybody. That's interesting. It was a architectural and historical uh, motherload. Yeah, you know, I had a friend tell me that that uh, Charleston, South Carolina, was the same way. We understand that it is, but we didn't get to Charleston right. until late in the day, and so we didn't get a chance to to, to visit there. But we did stop in, in Savannah and specifically and took a tour. Yeah. Um, that was just absolutely fascinating. We took a tour of the historic district. Something yeah. that you would enjoy. A lot of Civil War history. Sure. Uh, a lot of Civil War history down there. A lot of architectural history. A lot of Revolutionary War history. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, you wouldn't have guessed that. You know, George Washington, I guess, and Ben Franklin were both pretty involved down there in one way, one way shape, or form. Huh. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was interesting to see all the cotton industry where it grew up and see how, uh, you know, see how that kind of grew from the harbor up, which was interesting. The buildings are just architecturally beautiful, and uh, people are super friendly. Well, that's the story. You, you, you always hear about uh, that, that southern hospitality. You know, this, I'm going to tell you a funny story. This, this is honest to God true. We went and stopped at a restaurant today for lunch. In the four minutes that we were there, I had nine different people say to me, hi, how y'all doing? And, and three of them were not restaurant employees. They were just people who were walking by. Yeah. Just, hi, how y'all doing? Well, that, that's nice to hear. Now, are you going to spend a day in New Orleans? We're going to spend most of a day in New Orleans. Yeah, we're going to get there early afternoon. We, uh, were trying, we were trying to get a hotel reservation in the French Quarter. Right. We're going to look to get a tour. We're going to look for a restaurant and a place that has Zydeco music in the evening. Oh, that'll be hard to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> the, the two things that they don't have in New Orleans are Zydeco music and restaurants. Right. <laughs> you know, the other thing that's really hard to find in New Orleans is bourbon. Yeah, well, any alcohol is hard to find. It's, yeah. it's a pretty dry, pretty dry county. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's great. It sounds like a real adventure, and, and I'm a little bit jealous uh, my company was sold. I saw you're writing about that. Yeah, that's a big deal for us. Everybody's a little nervous. The word that they use is synergies. 
<laughs> and uh, I I find it to be one of the more threatening and and nasty words in the English language. It's it's an MBA word, and I have a lot of things to say about right. MBA. Basically, it basically means layoffs, right? Well, it means overlaps. It means people who can be let go. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 And uh, the good news is that the company that bought us and us don't overlap that much. But they did use the word synergies, and uh, they have facilities all over the place. Well, it's very, very interesting, Max. Well, the biggest news is that, that you guys are, one, touring the country, and two, retired. Yeah, yeah. Kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge change. It's a, yeah, I haven't had a chance to really enjoy my retirement yet. No, but you're having an adventure, which... That's Absolutely, a, that's Definitely a pretty good way to start the retirement. I think I think you're enjoying it, and I think it's great. It sounds like fun. I'm jealous and all that. Well, listen, you have a good night, and I will be talking to you again soon. You've been listening to Max and T. Fab P., the fabulous penguin of countless screaming Argonauts, the podcast of record. Listen to their podcast adventures at csapodcast.blogspot.com or download it free from the iTunes Podcast Store. Just search Countless Screaming Argonauts. The boys love to hear from you, so email them at csapodcast at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to show your allegiance to the show, pick up some CSA swag and help make the boys famous. You can purchase hats, shirts, and mugs, along with other appropriate gear, at Cafe Press. Click the link on their webpage. And thanks for listening.